It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes! It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! It is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Has anything changed in the last couple days? No, it's exactly <laughs> the same. Except that I'm <laughs> devastated beyond belief, Jack. We have we have so much. This is the most we've had to talk about in a while. Plus, coming up later, we got a guest on the show. We do. Nate Fosnot, eighth yes. round pick. And if you're wondering if Jack finds a way to ask a Nick Pavetta question, you're going to have to wait to find out. The way he teased it would say would suggest that he, Jack did find a way to ask about Nick Pavetta, but you will have to you will have to wait to find out what Nate thinks about Nick Pavetta. Yeah. Uh, but if I told you, James, uh, a week ago that Jay Bruce is going to be starting left field and that and that uh, Adam Hazley is going to be in center field and that Andrew McCutcheon was done for the season, what would you have said? I don't think I would have been very happy about it, Jack. I mean, geez, what a what a road trip! What a week, man! All right, well, let's start at the top. Off of off of the high of the Pavetta start on Sunday, I know, of like right? it's time to roll. Like we got our ace back to go to just to go like this has just been crazy. All right, so we have so much to dive into. Let's start with the McCutcheon injury. I think that obviously the most important, impactful news of the week. Um, look, last podcast, you were of the opinion to not trade or not give up a lot to trade for guys who are not signed past this year. And I vehemently disagreed with you. We argued about it. I'm on board, Jack. I'm, I think the McCutcheon injury is so devastating for this team on and off the field. What he brought you, obviously, on the field is you know one of their best players so far this season. Yeah. What he does at the top of the lineup, defensively running the bases. But then the veteran leadership we've talked about so much. I like. I'm not saying they can't win the World Series, but I am saying that I am with you now that I'm not mortgaging the future to go all in for this year. I just don't think you can anymore. Yeah, I mean, uh, th- there's no... I just I just don't see the value in... Unless you're bringing in multi-year guys. Like, if I, if you still want to do a Mike Minor trade, I'm totally down. I mean, he's only owed $9 million next year, and like that's, that's a steal of a contract for a guy who's been one of the best lefties in baseball. Like, if you want to bring in a guy that can help this year and also help down the road, perfectly fine with that. If you want to trade for an elite closer or elite multi-inning weapon that can help you not only this year but help you down the road that is perfectely fine but but giving up major assets you're gonna give you're gonna have to give a top five prospect for madison bum absolutely like alec bohm type player to get madison that's the type of prospect you'll have to give up and it's just not this is not the year to do it it's not the year to go over the luxury tax i mean going over the luxury tax in year one when you know you're not gonna win the world series is is is, it's it's short-sighted it's something that the sixers would do i don't want the phillies to do that i'm 
I gotta be. I'm worried that John Middleton's gonna go all in. Like, I, I I love Jack Middleton. I think it's great, right? Yeah. But I'm worried he's gonna be so gung ho on making the playoffs this year and and trying to make a run that I could see him going short sighted. I hope that Clentac and McPhail can kind of just, hey man, we got unlucky this year. I mean, they have six relievers on the on the IL. Andrew McCutcheon seven. done for the season. Well, seven. Well, it will be seven when Sir Anthony almost inevitably goes on the IL. Yes, uh, you have the McCutcheon thing and. I just it's it's it, it sucks, and I'm not saying you have to give up the season. I, I'm not saying that at all. But it's just window wise, this is not the year to go all in. I think they can make the playoffs. I think they can win the division. I for think sure. they're going to make the playoffs. Like I, I think they're a playoff team. And if and I'm all about giving up like fringe prospects like Nick Matten. I think I think him for for Andrew Jones or for, Adam Jones for Adam Jones. Andrew Jones not around anymore. If anyway. they trade Nick Matten for Adam, for Andrew Jones, I think the Phillies have a problem. Get Andrew Jones for free, my my friend, right now. <laughs> so if they want to give up that for 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 Adam Jones for for Hunter Pence in a way, I'm cool. Like if you want to give up guys for for players, they're going to make this team better, almost like they did last year. Mm-hmm. But I I just think that I think mean, they brought in the right players, but guys that can help fill out the rest of this roster and help you down a, a playoff run I'm fine with that I'm more worried about giving up top eight prospects for guys this year when it's just not going to be the year. when they're not very likely not going to be back next year or it's you know look if as we discussed if you trade for Madison Bumgartner with the knowledge that he is going to sign a long-term contract with you that you want to sign fine whatever but yeah. that's not going to happen he's going to test the market all that type of stuff um, yeah, I'm with you. And and again, look, the Phillies can win the World Series. I, we, I don't think they will. I don't think they're good enough, and I wouldn't bet on it. And thus, if I'm the front office, I'm not betting on it. But they could. I mean, we've seen crazier things happen in baseball. Teams get hot. And that Royals team that won the World Series a few years ago was was horrendous comparative to... But they won the World Series. They found a way. But baseball has changed so much. They're and, very top-heavy teams. Like, I agree with you. I've been this was going to be my next part of the statement. I've been listening to sports radio the last couple of days, and people were like, well, like if, as long as you get in, anything can happen. I get the premise, but like... It's very unlikely. The Dodgers are so much better. The Astros are so much better. I mean, these teams are just way better. Red Sox, Yankees, Rays. Yes, like Rays, like, absolutely. There's just different animals that weren't around when the Phillies were playing in the World Series. Mm-hmm. Like, and look, you've seen it the last few years. Like We talk a lot, oh, well, you don't get in as a wild card and get hot. Like That hasn't happened as much. That Royals team, but like that doesn't happen as much anymore. Certainly not the last few years. The Red Sox had the best record in baseball. The Astros had the best record in baseball. The Dodgers have had the best record in the National League the last few years. They've yeah. won in the World Series. I agree with you. I think baseball is a lot more top-heavy, and thus the higher-end teams on there are that much better than they used to be. Yeah, and that's because baseball is now <laughs> the three-outcome three sport, whether it's at the plate or... Or in in, in built team yes, building. Yes, it's a great it's, point. It's either actually. try to win or tank. And yes, try to, and, and that try to influences rebuild. it too. You're absolutely right. There's no middle ground with teams anymore. So listen, it, it sucks. I, I'm Andrew McCutcheon being out. Just I I loved watching the guy play. It's, I said on the radio, and I I truly believe since the Carson Wentz injury, it is the number one injury that I've. I've felt. Yeah. I've been like, like I feel this. This I'm sick to my stomach over this injury. And because it, it could have, it could have been avoided. That's the thing. That's that, the worst part of it all. Like on like multiple different levels. Like multiple different people could have made that thing be avoided. And let me just say, the only person to blame for that whole scenario is the umpires. Like, like they, they could have, they should have blown that play dead. Yeah, you you sent me the rule. Like there is an intentional drop rule and. From what I understand, a lot of people talked about, called in, I mentioned on the radio show, and 
you have to touch the ball for them to call it, which is not what the rule reads. Apparently, they'll only call it if the guy drops the ball and it hits their glove, which is ridiculous. That doesn't. What's the even point of that right. in the rule? No one's intentionally like has it hit their glove and then drop it. They just let it hit on the yeah. ground. It's umpire discretion, and they did not use the correct discretion. They should have blown the play dead. Ian Kinsler has a history of doing that. There's, there's. I don't understand why people are mad at Ian Kinsler. I saw you get mad at I, Ian Kinsler, I, and and I apologize. I in the moment I was so irrational, and so I wasn't thinking you were, at all. You were. You were. You were like raged. It was crazy. My I was- favorite players. And it, again, it's because it was so avoidable. It was like I was raging because I was like, there are six different reasons why that didn't have to happen. And now, I, and I knew it. I said, it, I'm like, it's an AC. Like, you just knew it. You're yeah. like, he's dumb. Yeah. And it and I I was so angry, but you're right. It's not Kinsler's fault. Well, and I mean, we I think I think the high hopes listeners deserve an apology for thinking that was an infield fly. Well, yeah, I, like, I what, buddy, there's the a runner on first base. I know. So I was like, Here's what I will say. I was like James, James. Here's what James. I will say. It should be part of the rule. It's so stupid that I as soon as I wrote it and then you text me, I was like, oh yeah, I'm an idiot. I wasn't thinking, but like it should be part of the rule. Like it's not that different a situation from first and second or bases loaded. Like. The idea of the infield fly rule is to prevent double plays in those situations. So, like, what's the difference? Well, that's why the intentional drop rule's in. Exactly. <laughs> so, but that's my point. Why not just make first base part of the intentional fly rule as well, but infield fly rule as well, but whatever. And Either I'm not, way. And we are not going to blame Gene Segura. Like, he fell down he and fell didn't. Down, like, yeah. that, that's a human. That's, and he that's, feels awful. He even said, he's like, I, I'm a human and I made a mistake. Like, what are you supposed to say to that other than... It's okay. Yeah, it's like, baseball. It happens, man. It's 160. And it, look, Andrew McCutcheon didn't need to, to fight, and, and I respect him for it, for trying to get back to the bag, but like, you were cooked, bro. Like, you could have just taken the out. You could have not left the bag. I mean, there are a lot well, of different things. you have to advance. Well, theoretically, yes. He would have... Well, not theoretically. Well, I guess he, unless he just stands there. That's what I'm saying. Like an idiot. He, didn't, he didn't have to leave the bag, theoretically. Well, I guess not. Then but Segura would have been out. Would have been weird. <laughs> just, it would have been better. <laughs> would have worked out better. Yeah, it was just one of those freak things. Yeah. Like, that's all it was. Uh, it was a it was a freak play. I feel crappy for Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, like just like best dude. Like it, it well, stinks. and the tweet he put out too. I just I love that attitude. They're like, hey, like prayers are nice. I appreciate it, but like well, he did say pray for me. No, no, and he said <laughs> so, he said I appreciate the prayer. He's like, but don't feel bad for me. He's like, I'll be back. Everything's okay. You know, move forward. And I thought that was the right attitude to have. I, I mean, you have to have that attitude yeah. or else you're going to go crazy. But. So, unfortunately, I mean, under these circumstances. Uh, I'm so sad about that. I'm just sad about yeah. it. Well, he was, having a, he was having an all-star. He was working his way into all-star he consideration. He was. And then on top, again, the veteran leadership, all that stuff. But then, on like, we watch sports because they're supposed to be fun, right? Like, that's the whole point of this is we enjoy this. And he's so fun to watch, man. He's so fun to root for. It just sucks. It I really know. sucks. But Adam Hazley's here. <laughs> so like, and, I, and also, I mean, but Jay Bruce is the greatest Philly of all time. So, you know. <laughs> so while it stinks and it stinks that it's under these circumstances, I am very excited for the Adam Hazley era. And I, 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 I want the Phillies to give. You? I've never heard you talk about Adam Hazley before. This is shocking. I want to give. I want the <laughs> Phillies to give Adam Hazley as much opportunity as chance. possible. Because, because honestly. The upside of the like whether they make the playoffs or not this year, I think they will. I think they'll win the division. But if they get Adam Hazley, if he can show that he can be the center field of the future, that is way more important than what happens for the rest of the season. Like figuring out him, figuring out Pavetta, figuring out Kingery. I think those are the three things that are like 
let's like let's see what we got. Hector Neris being a closer. Like those are the four things to really monitor for the rest of the season. And if Adam Hazley can lock down center field, you don't have to worry about Odubel anymore. Then you can go out and have a Bruce McCutcheon left field next year. Still Bryce in right field. What what they do in the offseason, like I don't know if they want to put Cesar, if they want to move Cesar this offseason, commit to Kingery at second base and bring in a different third baseman or even Bohm. Like I just think that Hazley getting the lion's share out there is the most important part of the rest of one of the most important part of the rest of the season because if he takes that job and runs with it it just helps so much when you're thinking about the future of this team i agree but i mean he has to play well like he you, can't, play well. you can't just give him the lion's share and he struggles and well, say we're gonna stick with you buddy they, did you see scott kingery last year well true <laughs> but that was a different team last year like i think i know what you're saying but last year i think we all whether or not they kept winning games we all didn't feel like that was a team that had any chance to do anything and while again to the start of the show and all that like we don't think this team is winning the world series but they they can make they are a playoff team like they should make the playoffs and I think that that is something for a team that hasn't made the playoffs since 2011 a bunch of young guys get those reps like I think it's there's meaningful like it matters sure. I agree so but I do agree with you the, the I, and look Adam Hazley an outstanding game in game three yesterday yeah you can you can kind of just tell even though he didn't he smoked the ball uh down the down the third base and line it was just a good piece of hitting he took the ball where it was supposed to go. Right, and what we've noticed... It was a big walk he worked the inning before, too. Of course like a it huge was. walk. And the base running, getting from first to home. Great I, I, base I just, running. I think when you watch him, you can just tell the guy's a pro, uh, and he seems like a guy uh, that, that will just square up a baseball. Like, he seems like he, he has... Doesn't no, strike out, either. No, he has no problem putting the barrel to the baseball and getting the fat part of the bat on the ball. I mean, even the night before, smoked the ball to Eric Hosmer. Hosmer just Hosmer. Mm-hmm. Like, Hosmer's an unbelievable defensive first baseman. Yes, one of the best. And Hazley smoked that ball. So, uh, I, I just, I, I don't want them to trade for a replacement center fielder. Like, maybe Gerard Dyson, if they need to. But, like, I, I don't want to bring in Kevin Pillar, who I think blows. Kevin and- Pillar was, was, a, was a free agent earlier this year like he was dfa'd i mean he is not kevin Pillar is nothing to, he's a good defensive center fielder That's i would it. i would just rather i would rather see hazley i just want to see him play as much that. as possible I, so. I agree with you on that i think it's the i think it's the right move and again he has to produce but look he's already he just defensively he's already the best defensive center fielder they've had all season from the jump probably yeah i think so and look i really like kingery at third base i think kingery's got a lot of potential i mean i just he, like scott kingery me too dude i'm I'm in love with Scott Kingery. Like I, I just dig that guy. I love Scott Kingery. This year is so much fun to watch. He's being Scott Kingery. He's doing exactly what he did in the minors. Like that's that guy. Dustin Pedroia with more talent. Yes, never a doubt. More talent. I did. That was good. Well, no, 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 no. That's not me. That's yeah. not me being Jack. I think he, I that's mean, like, a that's a scout. Pure talent. Like yeah, he might have more pure talent than Pedroia. A did. Scout literally said before last season two Buster and only he's Dustin Pedroia with more talent. Nice. So don't don't come at me thinking that's <laughs> that's crazy Jack Pavetta coming out. That's a, that's a legit scout and we part about watching Scott Kingery is like he moves so fast but it doesn't look like he's moving he's that fast. so fast yeah just like he's the fast guy on the team just I mean other than Roman Quinn when he can ever actually play yeah. which is never Scott Kingery's the fast guy on this team Kingery just goes man just little guy motoring around and it's like, great dude dude did it, was, were my eyes deceiving me or did that guy hit a ball like 410 feet like dude it was a monster <laughs> shot I didn't even know the little guy had that in him. I know that was a monster home run. I know, man. He's not missing mistakes. He's catching up the fastballs. He's he has he's the, seen pitches that he likes and he's hitting them. Yeah, because well, they didn't do that last year. It was trying to do the whole what you know the whole approach thing. Like he's they're letting him be him. Is Bruce and Kingery the best six seven punch in uh, baseball history? It's the best back to back hitters in the sport. Right. It's, it's the new uh, uh, Mantle Maris. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Ramirez Ortiz. 
Yeah, I think it's probably better than that. I would say yeah, so. Yeah. But, I mean, look, the, 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 law, the, 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 the two and a half game sample size we have says they are. <laughs> I would say so. I, I want to I coin them the law firm. Bruce and Kingery. Ooh, that works a little bit. The law not firm. Not bad, Bruce and Kingery. Kingery's not a super law yeah. firmy name, but He's it too works. Much, it's too much of a bro name yes. to, be, to be a lawyer. Yes. Kingery, like, I wouldn't take you, I wouldn't want you representing me no. in court. But Bruce? No. Bru- oh, bring it on. Jay Bruce is a lawyer. Let's Definitely. just, let's be honest. I mean, first off, he looks like a- <laughs> He does. Well, how old is Jay Bruce? He's not really 32. 32. No, we've it's been over this. unbelievable. Not really 32, no, right? No, he's one of those fudge birth certificate type of guys. Dude, him and McCutcheon were the same draft class. It's like, unbelievable. He looks like he's 40. He looks like a 40-year-old dad. Are you ready for the funnest, uh, the most, is funnest a word? No, most fun. Okay, but I think funnest should be a word. I've been on this hill for a long time. Uh-huh. Funnest should be a word. Okay. It just flows off the tongue too well not to be a word. I don't hate it. In my opinion. I don't hate it. The funnest, Jay, <laughs> <laughs> the funnest Jay Bruce thing uh, that has come out the last couple of days yes. is is that Jay Bruce has his, hit as many home runs in nine at-bats oh, as a Philly as Robinson Cano has in 170 at-bats as a Met. Yes! Contact. Suck it, Cano! Uh, Suck it, Brody Van Wagenen! You know what I didn't factor in, in in the Jay Bruce thing? Is how hot he was coming here. In his last 20 games... I saw you tweet this. He's an OPS over 1,000. Yeah. I thought... Like, like, when he was batting two two eighteen or whatever... I assumed it was because I thought he got off to a hot start. Me too. That's why, especially because the Mariners got off to a hot start. I was like, oh, they were 13-2. and two. He's probably mashing. And then I thought he went into the tank. Looks like he's the opposite way around. They got him in, a, in the midst of a Jay Bruce hot streak. All right, let's talk about Jay Bruce. Um, obviously, I, I don't think he's going to average a homer and a half per game. We'll see. Well, that's not good. Though. We'll see. He's Jay Bruce. It's possible, but... I don't ever remember anyone coming to this city, and granted, he hasn't even been in this city yet as a Philly, but I have not seen remember someone come to this team, really this city, and just had such a unbelievably awesome start with the team. I don't ever remember it. Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, if there's been a, a Philly like this that they acquired midseason. I mean, Blanton obviously went undefeated in 08, but it wasn't like this. Like, this was, oh, no, 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 I got it. Cliff Lee. Oh, Cliff Lee. Okay, that's a good one. Cliff Jay Lee, Bruce yes. is Cliff Lee. I think that's a perfect comp. I mean, two tall white guys who are left-handed. Yeah. Boom, nailed it. Jay Bruce is Cliff nailed Lee. Nailed it. Um, but yeah, it's that level of like, oh my God, he's squaring up everything. Dude, he's crushing balls. Yeah. Like, he looked awesome. Played defense okay a little bit too, and Let's don't count on that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Richie was getting on. He's like, he's a better fielder than I thought. I was like, no, he's not. Yeah. I was like, no, he's not. He he's, moves. He's really bad. He's like, he moves like Nick Williams, except Nick Williams is like six years younger. Nick Williams moves way better than Jay but they Bruce. They both have the same move. My mids. point being, Jay Bruce is bad at, at left field. Not a good outfield. Listen, I don't care as long as that guy is elevating and celebrating. I, that's his elevate thing. and celebrate, baby. Elevate and celebrate. I love it. I told you he's a stack cast guy. He's obsessed he knows. with it. He knows, man. Uh, what what a what an entrance. And like, and they needed it too. I mean, at a time where McCutcheon goes down, we're all feeling like crap. Jay Bruce was the hero we needed for a couple nights. Yeah, and kudos to this Phillies team. I mean, they lose they lose five straight off of the Dodgers series where they get outclassed. I agree with you. They 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 deserve kudos. And, and they lose game one. They lose McCutcheon. They could easily lose, lose game one in a, a debacle, horrendous, just n- no life type of performance. Right. Well, they don't do that in game ones. In the Never. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever seen that happen with this we, team. We learned this about this team. <laughs> we just locked in. But the, the way that they battled back, uh, just from that, uh, it was one of those moments where I was like, this is where they need Harper. This is where they need the $300 million, $330 million guy. You lose Andrew McCutcheon, and, and Harper did 
he did the little things well. Uh, uh, he did, and he had a massive. It was a massive double. I mean, that was a big hit in that spot. Segura, I think he felt bad about him the country thing. I mean, he stepped up a little bit. Three hits, he got a couple hits. The yep. Hazley, Kingery being Kingery, I get it. Just impressive. Again, they may lose game one on the road. They may have to. De- debilitating losses, but in two years under Gabe Kapler, what we've seen from this Phillies team is that they will respond. They've, they have never folded. That's a great point. I mean, obviously September last year happened. Sure, yes. But, but, but in terms of like awful losses, they find ways to bounce back. And they do, and this team is... <laughs> listen, man, this team is not that talented right now when you're looking at the bullpen. Like, give Naris. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Literally the only guy that I feel... Well, I feel actually somewhat confident when Jose Alvarez comes in a game, but Neris is the only... In a big, high-leverage spot, he's literally the only healthy guy they have right now I wouldn't feel nervous about coming into a big And then you have the starting staff, which is just... You, so disappointing. You never. You have no idea what you're so getting. So disappointing. So, and the way they're they're piecing these wins together with their winning series. Obviously, they got outclassed by the Dodgers, but they beat a Padres team on the road after losing their one of their heart and souls and, and Andrew McCutcheon and, and the the ability to bounce back from that. I think is really impressive. That was my biggest takeaway from the three game series was the fact that to lose that game like that to lose your leader, the guy who, and and clearly, not just a leader, but clearly a leader who everyone on the team loves, who everyone is like, that guy's the best. To lose that guy, the way they lose him, the news that it's a torn ACL comes out right before your game the next day, and to bounce back the way they did, I'm really with you, Jack. I thought it was a real showing of resiliency from this team. I was I was really impressed. I agree, and and we'll 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 see now because I mean the Reds are coming into town. Obviously, they're last in the NL they're Central. They're last, but they're better than the record says. Yeah, their offense is is legit. Their starters I think are good. They still have a plus run differential, if I'm not mistaken. Right. I mean, Jamesy run differential over here. So it's all I care about, man. <laughs> it is all I it's, care it's, about. It's so. so it's so important to me. Well, because so many people use it to tell how good a team is. You've got a good run differential. I know. All right, let's uh, let's get to the pitching side of things because uh, we'll get to the stars in a sec. But let's start with the pen because yesterday, I, it's it's almost uh, like if I were a Phillies reliever right now, I would be worried about my safety because you're just going to get hurt. That's the way it's going to work. We got Nishak, Morgan, you know, all these guys on the on the injured list. And then I was about to say the DL. I said I remember. Well, thank you. It's 2019. Yes, of course. Yeah, right. Exactly. And then Sir Anthony throws the pitch, winces. Yeah, it's an elbow thing. Like. What the hell, Jack? I know it's brutal, and and the ninth inning is not a problem. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? You don't have to lock it in. You don't really have to like. The, here's the, whether Nares keeps us up or not. Like it's not the problem with the bullpen. Agree a hundred percent. Like the, the ninth inning is not the problem. Hold, uh, uh, getting saves is not the problem. It's the bridge to Nares. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep, a sentence I never, ever, ever, ever thought I'd hear. For a first it. place team in work. 2019, good the Bridge Very good. Um, it's it's getting the ball to him, and someone on this team has to step up. And honestly, I think the guy's Vinny. And I know no one likes Vinny. I know no one trusts Vinny, but it's on him. He's the most talented guy in that bullpen. He's a guy that can take the ball. He can take down two innings, as Gabe Cowper would say. Take down two. I innings. love it. Oh, it's my favorite Gabeism. Is it your favorite one? The, oh. the take down innings. Like, because like me, because we know that Aaron's going to take down some big innings for us this season. Oh, I love it. And I, I like that. I like it. I love it. I start working it into my producer schedule. Like I gotta take down two Phil shifts this week. Like it's. I'm a, I'm a fan of the. He's an elite reliever. I yeah. like that one as well too. Big takedown guy, but yeah. it's it's on Vinny, and I know no one trusts Vinny. I think I think I'm higher on presenting too. By right. the way, I'm Big higher presenting. I'm higher on bullpen Vinny than most. I don't think he can do it two days in a row yet. Because listen, this guy is coming from being a starter literally a month ago. Like and, and for his whole career, to be fair, like this is it's a guy who's always been a starter. I'll give him a little bit of a pass when it comes to being able to go out there back-to-back days 
and 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 shove for this team. Well, it does feel like one outing will be he's dominant, and then the next outing he's the worst pitcher in the pen, and then it, it just repeats. It does feel like every other outing he's either awesome or horrendous, and there's well, no in between. Well, that's what we saw last year with Sir Anthony as well. So maybe it's 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 the starters turn relievers yeah. thing. I mean, it makes it makes logical sense. All right, so what do you do? Where, where are you at? For, I mean, who knows with Robertson? It seems like Tommy Hunter might be back yep. at some point. Nishak, it seems like, shouldn't be a, a super long-term injury. Morgan will be back. Morgan, Morgan seems like the least worry of all of them. Um, I'm worried about Sir Anthony just because I, I always have trouble with elbows, and especially guys that cut too. like that. You and, know that's my thing. I hear elbow. I'm... I'm it's not good. Yeah, but it sucks because like he was starting to really look dominant. He looked really good the last few. His outings. slider was disgusting two days ago. Like that's he was getting back to being Sir Anthony, and actually I think he's getting back to being a better version of the Sir Anthony that we saw last year. So that injury came at a bad time. I mean, right now, like it, Velasquez, I would love for him to step up. Like it's it's Nicasio, uh, Edgar Garcia. Gulp. I, I just feel so uncomfortable when Nicasio comes into a game. Oh, it's bad. Like They could be up by six runs. I'm like, hmm. Yes, every time. We need some insurance. Yes. Uh, um, I If I could put this on two players right now, who I need, I, I trust Jose Alvarez. I do too. Gross, I'm, I am, but, I, but I'm in, man. I When Jose Alvarez comes into a game, I believe he's going to get outs. That's the way I feel right now. Got a great heartbeat. We, <laughs> <he's>, <laughs> you know I'm a heartbeat guy. Calms you you down. do it as a joke. I, I am very into that. I think that matters. And I think it's J.D. Hammer time. Listen, let the kids play. JD, Han- <laughs> I- thanks, Major League Baseball. Well, that, and thank you for and all these injuries. Thank you, injury gods, for for letting the kids play. I want to see what JD Hammer has. I want to figure out if he can be a high leverage guy. I mean, he has the fastball to play. Don't know about the slider. Don't know if it's that level of dominance yet. I think he could uh, figure it out and turn into a plus pitch. But I want to see what that. Guy, I want to see what that guy can do with a a, a, a one run lead in the eighth inning. Like I just want to see see how he handles that situation. If you get him going, and then every, all the reinforcements are coming back, mm-hmm. I just think that the bullpen could go from a holy crap to a strength. Very quickly when the injuries start coming around. Okay, look at you. Well, look at the positivity from listen, France man, over here. Listen, I've watched too much baseball. I've followed baseball for too long. Like it, it, it's 162 games. Like you're going to have injuries. You're going to deal with injuries. Sure. The, the Phillies last year were, were remarkably healthy. It, we talked about it a fair amount. Actually, we kept saying that it's kind of unreal how they have had basically no injuries. Oh, it's coming back around this year. Yeah, it's coming back. <laughs> it sure it's like is. The, we're like the Warriors now. It sure is coming back All around. All the injury karma is coming back our way. So I I, I, I don't want to get too wrapped up in the moment. Like, oh my, like obviously these next couple of weeks are going to be very tough. Like, oh my God, what's going to happen? But I just I just have this hope that once everyone comes back, if you are if you can get the young guys these innings now, I think it's only going to help as the season goes on. So do you do you think there's any trades coming sooner or you think it's more all towards... The, I, they clearly, I think, Jason Sark put out yesterday, they're going to wait on outfield till the deadline, reevaluate in July... As we discussed, absolutely the right move. Give Hazley a chance. The rotation, Kingery, Bruce, figure it out. Although, if they want to bring back Aaron Altair, they can. I mean, why well, not? It's on a trade. He, he DFA'd. He DFA'd again. Bring him back. It's just shocking because he was killing it. You know, he did have the home run. His first he did, at bat. He had a home so. run. So. Um, but do you think there's something coming in the near future? You think it's going to be on the, obviously, the outfield side, it seems like they're going to hold off a little bit. What about on the pitching side? I don't know. I mean, I I think Baumgartner's going to get traded sooner rather than later because he would give teams six extra starts, and if they waited to the deadline, I think that's valuable for a. Like I think I think teams would rather give a prospect and get six extra starts to Absolutely. help them get over the hump. Absolutely. Rather than wait until the deadline, I think I think a team would pay fair value to Farhan for that. Uh, it, it it'll will. Wait to see if the Phillies get involved with Madison Mugwarner. We'll see. I mean, they'll be involved. It's a question of if the price is anywhere near what they are willing to give right. up. Right. Which I don't. I just. I don't think it's going to happen. I. I, I think they're going to wait until the deadline. 
teams just aren't aren't moving guys right now. Like, sure, I think I, I'd love to start taking some of the Pirates pitchers like Kyle Crick or Felipe Vasquez, but like they're technically still in it. They're in it, yeah. Same so, with the Diamondbacks. Everyone's talking about Adam Jones as an outfield option. Like, the Diamondbacks are still in it. Like, the Rangers. I mean, sure. the Rangers are a game out in the wild card. Yeah, no I question. mean, they should sell because this team's not going anywhere, yes. and they should sell high on Mike Miner and get whatever they can. Absolutely. They should sell on Hunter Pence. Hunter Pence, Danny Santana, anyone you could send who's playing way above their head, they should trade. Except maybe Jose Leclerc, they should probably just keep him and sell him in an actual high value well, rather than sell him. Stinks low. right now. Yeah, yes. agree. So, Concur. but there's there's teams like that that you you think are going to sell, but right now they don't really have to sell because they're playing well. So Diamondbacks fall in that category. The Reds fall in that category. I would love to start stealing some Reds players, mm-hmm. but. They're plan- they, they they have a positive run differential and good starting pitching. Like they're gonna wait it out. Yep. Like there's just nowhere to. And that really- was a team that really wanted to compete coming into the season too. Maybe yeah, adorable to idea. <laughs> it's, it really is. Um, <laughs> well, what an adorable idea. We'll see if they get reinvolved in in the Dallas Keuchel rumors. Uh, well, speaking of which, that's where I was gonna go next. Uh, Craig Kimbrell. To the Cubs, three for forty-three. Neither of us wanted Craig Kimbrell here. I'm assuming you're very fine with this. Three for forty. You just want to rip the out. It's. Uh, I just want to see. What I want to. My Theo take is no retort. For let this me one. just say. Let me just say that that Fritz is watching. Okay, <laughs> Fritz is watching Theo. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if you still got it. There are whispers around these circles that you're slipping a little. bit. I mean, I think it was a horrendous signing. Three for forty-three. Three for forty-three is. I would never give that to Craig Kimbrell. Why? I was talking about one year I wanted him for. I know. I don't want to. I, I want him when he's thirty-four. You out of your mind? Yeah. Look, the money's not as high as he was expecting. It's not like a crazy deal. I think it makes him the fourth highest paid closer in baseball. I personally wouldn't want to give Craig Kimbrell three years at that number. Hey man, I'm glad. I'm glad the Phillies didn't do it. Yeah. I mean, first off, not only because well. We could have talked to him, but if 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 he was open to being an eighth inning guy, because uh, the ninth inning is perfectly fine with Hector Neris, we don't have to worry about the ninth. So mm-hmm. if he wanted to be a, a middle reliever eh, on this team, sure, we're not giving a middle reliever fifteen million dollars. <laughs> I would hope not. We're not giving a, a setup guy. Unless 15 he's Juan Nicasio and he's making close to that. <laughs> what the hell's nine million? With, with Juan? <laughs> Jeez Louise! What a way! Let's talk about, talk about steal- overpaid. Talk man. about stealing money. Juan Nicasio is nine mil this year. All right, pitching. Uh, Jay Garrietta, man. What's the deal? Like, what, what, what is the deal with Jay Gary? Because when the season started, coming into the season, you were pretty bullish on Jay yeah, Gary. Yeah, and then he changed. People might forget that Jack Fritz was in on Jay Gary before the season, and he looked good to start the season. What the hell's happened? Um, he like he's just leaving sliders up, and they're just getting smoked. Like he just leave, he's now missing over the middle of the plate. His sinker is getting absolutely crushed right now. Like Jake Arrieta has allowed fourteen home runs in the season, and five have happened in this road trip. Is that Not good? Great. Is that Not good? Great, Jack. If I could have one wish on the Phillies for the next calendar year, it's that Jake Arrieta opts out. Like, he'll, <laughs> Which will never happen. Twenty but. million dollars next year. For the love <sighs> of God, please Gross. opt out. Gross. I just I I hate watching him pitch. I really do. I thought he looked good for the first three innings yesterday. I thought he he he's gotten he's gotten away from the sinker changeup thing. I think he's thrown just. I haven't gotten to the numbers, but just from watching him, it looks like he's using his changeup less and less. Mm-hmm. Which I think early in the season, what he was doing well was he was sequencing his his sinker and his changeup coming out of the same arm slot, going to the same location. One would drop off more and be five miles an hour less. That was a good plan for him, and I think he's straight away from that. I think he's getting too slider dependent. His slider stinks, man. Like his slider is not good. I understand that it, when he was t- in 2015 and on that run, that slider was disgusting and unhittable. But guess what, Jake? You're not that guy anymore. You can't throw that slider. It gets smoked. And there's there are teams, front offices that know how bad your slider is, 
and they are exposing it. Stop throwing it. It's not good enough. If you want to mix in a curveball every once in a while, a show-me curveball, that's fine. But he needs to get back to finding the arm slot on that sinker, finding some kind of swing and miss on it, and throwing the change up more because that's the plan. That The slider is not it, especially against lefties because you're just throwing it right into their barrels. Devastating. All right, and like, dude, what are they gonna do? Like, like the rest of he's supposed to be your number two guy that can help you in a playoff series. If that guy goes out in a playoff series, he's getting destroyed. I don't want him starting a playoff game. Like, that's where I'm at, right? And obviously, there's a long season left to go. Maybe he figures it out, but like right now, like I don't want Jake Arias start. I'd rather Pavetta start a playoff game. Maybe even game one. Uh, (laughs) Well, good, good point because. Of all the games, and we talked about what a good May he had, and we're like, oh, he's finally turning it around. They freaking needed Aaron Nola on Monday night. They needed that guy. Four straight losses, reeling after the Dodgers game, and guess what? Aaron Nola stunk again, Jack. Yeah, he's... uh, What's going on, man? It's fa- it's it's command. He has absolutely. He doesn't have the cam- He doesn't have the command this year. What Aaron, what what Aaron Nola was so good at last year was command, command, command. Both sides of the plate, fastball wherever he wanted to put it. He dotted it inside to lefties. Let it start at their hip and run back over the middle of the plate. Like like not the back on the inside corner curveball change. Like it's all it it is all the fastball. It is all the fastball. He it's can, been a bad pitch for him this year. It's getting crushed, yeah. too. Like, well, if you look at the numbers, like if you go to fan graphs, like it is a, a very bad pitch. And last year, it was one of the best. It was in a the plus sp- pitch. Yeah, it was a great pitch last year. So he, he it, the movement's fine on the fastball. It's just that he can he doesn't know where it's going. That's the problem. Because cause we, like I've never seen him miss by a foot. Like he's missing by a foot. It's crazy. He never did that last no, year. No, he did not. Not once. And I don't. Like, it's this is all a trickle down effect. When the fastball is bad, everything else doesn't look as great. Like when his fastball is not spotting up where he needs it to spot up, it makes every other pitch just look a little bit worse. What made him so good last year was he could throw whatever pitch whenever he wanted, and and guys would always be off balance. But now he's relying so much on his off speed because he cannot throw his fastball for a strike that they're just sitting on it. And when he when when a major league when major league hitters can sit on one of two pitches because your fastball is not a threat right now, they're eventually going to catch up to it. Uh, and they need him to step up. And I just I, he's not he's just not doing it right now. Yeah, you could say that again, Jack. I, I think he kind of nailed that there. I know he's yeah. just he's he's been absolutely dreadful. This uh, is uh, this is great. This I mean, that's this is the, positive right now. Well, but it's, but it's the truth. Like I I want to believe in him, but when when. When we're seeing his fastball miss by the amount that it's missing right now, it's it's hard to be bullish on the rest of 2019 for Nola. I've tried to reverse jinx it. Like I'm trying You're to trying bury, your hardest, man. I'm trying to bury Aaron I Nola because I don't want to. Because I like, I love him. I think he's amazing. Also, no hey, one. You're the you're the person who, when Bryce Harper was signed, and said the most important part of this signing is playoff Nola. Like that was the number one reason for him coming here. So no one's talking about this either. And I, I saw it coming in on a billboard because uh, I was driving from my parents' house. Because oh, I didn't know this. I was driving a death trap for the last month. <laughs> what? I got so I hit a deer like a year ago, uh-huh. and uh, so I didn't realize. Well, I. Whatever. The, they didn't fully screw in my radiator. So for the last couple of days, it's just, I guess the screws came loose and it's been rubbing up against the front of my car and it, it severed my AC 
And so, like, I've been driving into work sweating my <laughs> ass off because it's been... That like, sucks. Listen, if you're stuck in traffic on 76 in the summer... I've had a car that for years the air conditioning didn't work. It is it is a rough go, my friend. So, I've been driving a human death trap for the last little bit, and I was thinking about driving to Rhode Island a couple weeks ago, and thank God I didn't because I may not have this podcast right now. <laughs> oh, man. And I was driving in in my dad's truck, and I see a billboard with Aaron Nola on it. Drinking Yingling, I think this is Yingling's fault. It could be. He became that's this is this year he became the Yingling guy. Like I, I, I don't, I didn't expect Aaron Noll to turn into David Wells and uh, <laughs> <laughs> David Wells. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Yingling would could kill any man, um, and uh, it's just a shame that it sunk Aaron Noll. Not cool. Like, man. Just pick a better beer. Like I don't know. Wow. Wow! Not a lager guy. Yingling slander! I did not mm. see this coming today. I'm I am speechless. I don't even know where to go from here. Drink it, listen. Drink it, drink it, drink it. Nice PBR. Man. Wow! Wow! This is of all the things said on the show, the most controversial thing that has been uttered was that right there. Can't wait to get the tweets. Oh my God! I would like to say that I have no association with that comment right there. This is this hundred percent. A solo Fritz take. All right, before we get to the number one most important thing in your life, the only thing you actually wanted to talk about today, any other thoughts from the series of the Padres? Uh, I'm sure I do. I, there's just there's so much to talk How about. How do you not have your notes read? I mean, what are we doing here? Is this a professional podcast? Like, what, No, no, it's not. What are, what are we doing here, Jack? No, it's not. Oh, I, should I do the... Wait. I spent all this time putting together this amazing show sheet. It is amazing. It is amazing. I will save... My final thought, Ooh. for my final thought, it's very, very, <laughs> that uh, makes sense. I think so. Uh, it's, it's a way to go about it. All right. I have one thing that I want to bring up, but let me just say my final thought isn't, is it weird for you? Ooh. It's a good mm. one, too. It's, okay. I'm so I, excited. I would like to guarantee that it is a thousand percent weird. Ooh. And it is I'm very excited for it this. Is, it is, but it does involve high school Fritz, which was obviously a different animal, um, but we will get to it in okay. a little bit. I literally cannot wait for this. I might want to just not do the rest of the pod and go to final, final thoughts, Jack. Okay. So <laughs> my my final uh, notebook thought is... <laughs> is <laughs> the face you made when you said that, you're like, is this right? Is this the right thing to say? Is there 2017 Eagles potential with this Phillies team? No. And I, someone else said this. I think Joe DeCamera actually might have said it. Because Marcus Hayes wrote a whole column about it. Did he? Didn't um, read it. But. No, why would you? <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, of course there is theoretically. I just, like, when it, whenever anyone says there's 2017 Eagles potential, I just say no, because that was a once-in-a-lifetime thing that's never going to happen again, is really the way I look at it. I I don't disagree, but I do think there is something to everyone has to step up now that McCutcheon's out. Not that McCutcheon is on the same level as Carson Wentz, because he's not. But there, the, he he was relied on to do so much, whether it was defensively, base running, getting on base. Yeah, veteran leadership, all that stuff. Like, like all that stuff. Yes. Now, now everyone else kind of has to step up their own games in a way. Like, I thought... Bryce didn't didn't hit the home runs in on this road trip, but he did the little things. Oh, I right. totally agree. I thought Bryce had a great road trip. And and and, the, and yesterday's game, I almost said Sunday because whatever. But <laughs> but in, in yesterday's game, like he, game three, he should have hit a home run. I mean, the, the ball was not traveling yesterday. He could no. easily had a home run to left field. Sure. He's been going the opposite way. He laid down that bunt. Um, Love that bunt, by the way. That I, was fun. I always, I'm I'm always like, I lay down the bunt. They're shifting. Lay it down. I thought it was fun. I have another. Uh, 
final notebook thought that I just remembered. Ooh, um, but but I just think that you know with with everyone else has to step up a little bit. Real Muto has to be a little bit better. Um, like for a, for a five hole hitter, JT Real Muto needs to be better offensively. Yeah. Like you gave up six of Sanchez for this guy. Totally. Like, and I think Real Muto. I'm glad he's here. I think he's a, a quiet leader on this team. But if you're going to be our five hole hitter, I need an OPS over 800. Like I think that's a fair. I think it's an incredibly fair thing to ask. So for. Real Muto, I'd like to see him step up a little bit offensively. Uh, he's been better recently, but I, I want to see more. Reese has been dreadful. He's been horrendous. And this is this is what we have to accept with Reese. Like he is super streaky, like month to month streaky. Unbelievable. And and we thought he was going back into one of the good streaks with the Milwaukee trip. Yep. He the two homers, but then has reverted back to cold Reese. <laughs> I don't like cold Reese. I, I hate cold Reese. Really- tragic, especially as someone who owns him on two fantasy teams, I'm getting screwed three times over on cold Reese. So can you not do that for me, Reese, please? <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think- got a big matchup this week. Buddy, th- so. There is potential for this team, just everyone being a little bit better with Andrew McCutcheon being out. And I don't think they're going to be 2017 Eagles-like because I think like that team was that team was, it was the perfect. It was the, And it was the perfect storm of situation and group of guys and all. Like, there's so many. I think that is irreparable. Uh, Irreprehensible? No, That's like irreplicable. Irreplicable. Okay. There it is. Irreplicable. No, irreplicable. Irreplicable. <laughs> I can't do it. Irreplicable. Okay. Well, you can't replicate it. That's you, what I'm trying to say, Jack. Spit it out. I kind of did. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I would like to see how they respond. I think they responded well in the San Diego series. But I think it's a great point, and I, I agree with you. I think if if guys can all step up, that there could be some sort of special type of feel to this team. Yes. My second. Uh, notebook, notebook, item. No, notebook thought is is when I watched Bryce recently like I think pitchers step up when they face Bryce Harper like I think they see Bryce and they're like I gotta make amazing pitches like this is not really an excuse for Bryce I just think that they they don't give him anything to hit like you, you rarely see Bryce get a mistake like they they always seem I mean, that would to- make sense from a human perspective right like oh that's Bryce Harper I'm gonna really try and up my game and get this guy out and I the mean- reason the reason I was thinking this was when he laid down that bunt the first pitch he saw was 96 in the outside corner. And I could kind of see in his face, like, well, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> like, what is, he, what is Bryce Harper going to do with 96 in the outside corner? Right. Like, the only thing he has to hope for is that they miss and he can just drive it or whatever. And eventually, later in the game, they did. But I like the idea of, hey, man, I got to just accept that I'm not going to hit that pitch. Like, I'm not going to do I would spoil it or whatever. Or I'd ground out to the first baseman trying to pull it or whatever. And obviously... The bunt doesn't really help, but it does keep the train moving, and that's fine. I, I, I noticed that no one really gives Bryce much things to hit. Like they seem to always just muster up just very, enough to very get Barry Bonds of him. Huh? It's 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 good, and I like to see him adjust to that. And really, I mean, in his last twenty games, he's batting over three hundred. He's been really good. So everyone and down. again the opposite field stuff. Like just seeing the way he's swinging, the swing doesn't look as as labored as violent. Like he just looks like he's it's easy now. And like, I'm not and and I'm not noticing the strikeouts. I was starting to me notice. too. I was gonna say the same thing. Like it before it felt like he was striking out every time he came to the plate. And now it's like I don't I don't that's not I don't end a game and be like wow Bryce struck out a bunch. Yeah, I mean he's up to 80 Ks in the season, but like I just don't I don't feel it. I agree with you on that. I think that's a good point. All right. I, I don't know how we've gone 40 minutes into this show and the MLB draft happened and we haven't talked about it yet. It's crazy, right? It's it's upsetting. We're going to talk to Nate Fosnot in a second. First, Bryson Stott. You were, Jack Fritz tweets out like oh. mere seconds before the pick, give me Bryson Stott and I'll be happy. They gave you Bryson Stott. They did. And and man, am I glad they did. I, I think the guy is, I think he's the best prep, or the best, best college 
shortstop in the draft. Uh, I'm shocked he was there at 14. Uh, I, I thought he was going to be. A, I mean, there was mock drafts throughout the season that he's going to be a top five pick. Like he was even rumored to be number two to the Tigers at wow. one point. So or. Th- Whatever to the Tigers at some point in the draft in the top five. So uh, the fact that he was there at, at fourteen, I, I don't. You know, a lot of people worried. Like, well, there has to be a reason why he was slipping. I just, I'm not sure there was. He's baseball a- draft's weird. It's not like other sports. Like sometimes guys, look, Mike Trout went 25th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's weird. And Yelich was 18th yeah. or 23rd, one of those two. Um, but I, I, I just think that Bryson Stott is a is a really really solid player. I like that I like that he was undrafted out of high school and under recruited. I just I like betting on those kind of guys. I do too. Like, I like that he was got a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, I just, I'm, a, I'm a chip on the shoulder guy. As am I. Uh, goes to UNLV, just tears tears the the, the ball off the cover. Like it just uh, or solid, the cover off the ball, cover either. off the ball, whatever. A solid defensive shortstop may move to third base, and this year he he fixed his swing and started launching the ball a little bit more. Um, he he had ten home runs this year. His strikeout rate was only thirteen percent. It's up from I think six percent the year before. Like he, the year before, he almost. Uh, had more stolen bases than strikeouts. Uh, in his last two seasons, he had more walks than strikeouts. I like that kind of guy. Me too. And and I like the general philosophy the Phillies have had in the last couple of, of drafts in the in the in the first round. They're drafting guys that that put the sweet spot of the bat on the ball. Like they they draft guys that are making hard contact. We've seen that with Hazley so far. Is the guy makes hard contact. Mm-hmm. He may not have the home runs, he may not have the power, and the reason why he was not you know, such a highly regarded prospect was because of the power. And but, again, he was the eighth pick in the draft. Like, let's not like make Adam Hazley out to be some nobody as a prospect. Like, he was the eighth pick in the draft. He's someone who had some pedigree to him. Yeah, and I just feel like no one decided to look at his, like, his first 11 games were when it was cold and bad weather. Horrible. After that, the guy was had an OPS over like nine fifty. He's batted close to three hundred or three hundred at every level he's been at. Like he he's a guy who makes contact and hits the ball. I just like the idea. I like the idea, the general philosophy of take guys that know how to hit and hope to unlock the power later. I I agree with you. I I think that makes a lot of pragmatic logical sense. I I just I I'm. I loved Hunter Bishop, but then I started diving into the numbers. Like that guy tw- struck out twenty two percent in college this year. In up, college, down from thirty percent the year. Yeah, before. that's not great. No, that's that's something to worry about. So I, I I like that, and he puts he puts the bat on the ball, and his swing. Honestly, the more I watched it, was it reminded me a lot of of Cesar Hernandez. Ooh, really? Like they're the same kind of swing. Um, not a switch hitter though. Not a switch hitter, only from the left side. But I'm ecstatic. I think he's a really, really solid prospect. And I'd, I'd be lying if I haven't stopped thinking about Fransky saying Scott to Stott onto first double play. Oh, come on, tell me that's not perfect. Oh, buddy, that's tell me that's not right perfect. There. All right, we got Nate Fusnot coming up in a sec. But any what, is that, wait, was that the only thing we're talking about the draft? No, I'm about to ask you. Come this on, guy, this guy, only. you unlocked this. Let me finish my question. <laughs> I was gonna say we're about to talk to Nate Fusnot in a second. Who else stood out to you from the Phillies draft, Jack? Well, thank you for the introduction. <laughs> Listen, you don't you don't unlock the the, the cage and then You're not right. let the big dog I eat. Ma- I made a mistake. I have to I have to accept my mistake. Like Gene Segura, acknowledged, made a mistake, and and he made a human error. I've I made mean, a human error, so go. I'm about to gush about Jamari Baylor in the third round, and you're just like, oh, we'll talk to Nate Fosnon a little no, bit. I wasn't going to. You didn't let me get it out, but go ahead. Tell uh, me about Jamari. I honestly, honestly, for as excited as I'm about Bryson Stott, the fact that he was there, uh, and I just think he's going to be a solid major leaguer, like in a Brandon Crawford-like type, but not defensively, but better offensively. Mm-hmm. I am just excited about Jamari Baylor. Uh, he's a little bit underrated, I think, uh, just throughout the draft process. And the only reason why I'm 
as excited as I am about him is that his hands are like lightning quick. Like quick hands. I will always I will always take a shot on lightning quick hands. Like I, I just you. I like quick hands. You can't you can't teach quick hands. They kind of just are there. And Jamari Baylor, he's he's gonna fill out even more. Um and I think he's gonna be a third baseman down the road. I don't know if he's gonna be amazing, but I, I will take a shot on those kind of hands. Oh, another thing about Bryson Stott, twenty if he adds twenty pounds, like he's he's gonna be he's gonna be a beast if he has a little bit more weight if I'm if I'm him. Then the Phillies went into they they gave they're finally adding guys that don't throw eighty nine to ninety one. Like thank for, God. Like they're, they're what a what a what a novel concept. Get guys who throw hard. What I know, but I think the Phillies the Phillies pitching development staff I think is really good. Like obviously we haven't seen crazy results, but the fact that they what they've they've been given kind of eh talent mm-hmm. and being asked to turn Absolutely. it into way better than they should be. Like like they're they're they're, they're turning average talent into major league caliber players. Now the Phillies, I feel like, are starting to give them really like give them clay that with that with like actual stuff and letting them mold that into something beautiful. Like they did that with Eric Miller. He's this guy from Stanford. Um, he was one of the best college arms left on the board at that point. He's a lefty, can get up to ninety seven. Like <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, you had me at lefty ninety seven. I was like, yep. Reminds me reminds me of Will Smith a little bit. Just same kind of mechanics. Um, but struck out like 12 guys per nine, but still has walk issues. Um, Gunnar Mayer's a while. Don't worry about talking about him. Two guys I'm really excited about, most excited about, is Andrew Schultz, their six-round pick. Mm-hmm. Th- topped out at 100, 101. Nice. Always take that. And a super high spin rate. 15 Ks per nine. Wow, so this guy's perfect. Walks everyone, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We'll take that. They they went they went reliever in the sixth and seventh round, which is fine. Like I just I want the I, I like the idea in the first round of drafting contact guy and a guy that you know that can put the barrel to the baseball. I think that's brilliant. Jamari Baylor's guy with quick hands, I'll take that. And then they went with high upside arms with actual stuff. That you could you could believe on, and then they, they, the, and, they, and those are the type of guys, those relievers at least, are the type of guys who can help you soon. Like those are guys who can move right. up through a system very quickly as well. C- correct, correct. I mean, they're going to be the Phillies are trying to be World Series caliber starting next year. Yeah, I would think. I love and, that. And drafting those kind of guys and seeing what seeing what this development staff can do with them, I think, is a smart strategy. And then some are saying that the Phillies got Alex Bregman two in the eighth round with Nate Fosnot. Yes, some are saying it. Who's saying it? Let's find out. And we'd like to welcome in, this is very exciting for us, as you know, if you listen to this show, that basically Jack Fritz's favorite thing on the planet is the Major League Baseball draft. It is. It is. I do love the It's it, just what it is. Listen, there may be five people that care about it. I'm one of those five you, people. Yes, you are definitely one of those five people, but we are lucky enough today to actually have on the show someone who was drafted by the Philadelphia Phillies eighth round pick, Mr. Nate Fosnot. Nate, what up, brother? How you doing? Appreciate you having me. All right, so Nate, I'm going to start out with something hilarious that happened to me this morning. So I have a six-month-old daughter. We have a wonderful nanny who takes care of her three days a week. I bring her to the house, and I go in this morning, and I'm going to drop my daughter Zoe off. And Jess, this girl, knows that I work in sports, and she says, Hey, you want to hear something funny? My cousin got drafted by the Phillies yesterday. And I said... Your cousin isn't Nate Fosnot by any chance, is it? She said, yes, it is. So your cousin, Jess, is my nanny. Seriously? I swear to God. That's wild. I couldn't believe it. I, I, was, I, I was like, I'm literally talking to him today. 
That's so, awesome. so Jess says hi. That is the smallest <laughs> world ever. Said your second cousin's hilarious. Uh, I It blew me away. I was like, wow. So this is perfect. This is meant to be today. That's actually wild. I know, man. I know. Well, so let's start there. I mean, like, obviously, we're seeing it firsthand. You have local connections. You're from around you. You grew up a Phillies fan. What's it like? I mean, it's one thing to get drafted into the major leagues to be to get to live out that dream, but to be drafted by your squad, what is that like? Yeah, it's actually a crazy feeling. Like, I grew up going to the games like all the time. Like, we've had season tickets there. Like, went to the World Series back to back years in 08 and 09. Like, it's just been like a huge part of our lives growing up being Philly fans. Just crazy to actually like have the dream actually starting to come true. What was your uh, what was your favorite World Series game that you went to? Like, which ones were you at? Any memorable ones? I believe we were at um, Game Four of the '08. Oh, nice! So what I was that? That was the that was the Moyer game. Yeah. Oh, so you didn't, you didn't go to bed till at least what three a.m. because the game the <laughs> yeah, game the yeah, game started at ten. Well, who's your favorite Philly growing up? I'd say between Jimmy Rollins and Chase Utley. Those are my two favorite guys. I think that's a safe two to yeah. have. Everyone that like played baseball in the area that like grew up playing baseball, it was always like Utley was the guy that all the coaches were like, Hey, we need you to play like that do guy. Do that. Do what that guy does. <laughs> yeah, gritty players, both middle infielders. Yeah, they're they're a lot of fun to watch growing up. Well, that's awesome. So take us through like how this all played out. What happened? How did you, you know, were you expecting, did you have an idea of what round you'd go in? Did you have an idea of certain teams that were interested in you? And how did it play out that, you know, you get that call and you're going to Phillies? Well, yeah, the whole, the whole process was really complicated. I've been talking to teams throughout like the whole season and everything. Um, just kind of gauging interest and everything. It's been, it's kind of a, uh, kind of difficult to say like which team is going to go for you and what time because they have all their game plans and the draft gets so crazy and everything but I I found out um, I got the call from the Phillies probably somewhere in the sixth round they said hey like we're looking for you at the eighth like wait are you like this is what we're offering like you gonna, are you going to take it and I was like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Obviously, absolutely. Philly, yeah, I'm not going to turn that down. Were you the easiest negotiation they've ever had? Were, they, <laughs> were you like, yeah, sign me up? Yeah, it was, it was pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, tougher negotiation: Bryce Harper or you, Nate? Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, definitely Harper. Um, uh, that's awesome, man. What do you think about the squad now? I mean, obviously. You know, you've being a Phillies fan, you know that the last you know seven years prior to this have been pretty tough to watch but now the team like you're coming into the organization at a, a real time of of change positive change for this team yeah it's definitely it's definitely a good place for me to be in too just um being able to work up and like just do my thing and i mean yeah segura is there for what 2022 I and so. I, don't, I don't know how long stage is there but i mean it's definitely a good opportunity uh, good opportunity to be there and i, I know Jimmy Rollins is one of the advisors too, I think, actually. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and he does uh, he does some of the games on the broadcast too. Jimmy's around, man. You'll be you'll you're be gonna get to hang out with Jimmy Rollins. Yeah, you'll be working directly with Jimmy Rollins. That's absolutely crazy, isn't it? 
Yeah, that's that's actually I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, um, I, I bet. <laughs> so, so Nate, your freshman year, you come out like gangbusters. You have a monster year down in George Washington. You go to the Cape Cod League uh, as a freshman. I think that's pretty crazy. And did well in the Cape I, Cod. Did well in the Cape. So, yeah. uh, a sophomore year wasn't like the, you still batted like two seventy five. So it wasn't like a down year. And then this year, you, you came out and had a monster junior year. What changed between your sophomore year and your junior year? I would say like a lot of it. I worked with um, my coaches on like mentality and a lot of that stuff. Just like learning from at bat to bat, just understanding the game, analyzing what I'm doing, analyzing what the other team's doing to me. I think that's one of the biggest things. Um, so just like a lot of the mental side of the game is huge for my improvement. So sadly, I'm sure there are uh, a lot of people, in addition to Jack, who have been watching your highlight films and whatnot since you've been drafted. But for the the majority of our listeners who don't get to watch as much college baseball, that type of stuff, who would you compare yourself to? If you had to take a player in the majors now or someone historically, if you had to say, that's the guy I emulate, that's the guy I think I want to be or be like, who would you kind of compare yourself to? So I've, I've kind of compared myself to like Alex Bregman, kind of. Similar oh, body you are good talking my language, Nate. <laughs> what was that? You're talking my language, brother. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we have really similar playing styles. We have similar like, body types, tool sets, all that stuff. So I think he's one of the guys that I've been watching a lot. He's a lot of fun to watch of the present day players. Um, but yeah. Oh, I love this. But, but just the headline here is Nate is our Alex Bregman, and I'm going to roll with that. Yeah, I, I'm, full, I'm fully believing at this point. <laughs> yes. now, now, Nate, I do have an inside source that says that you are a diehard Game of Thrones fan, um, and I would like to know what you thought of the final episode. I am. I uh, So I, I really enjoyed how they ended it. You're the one. <laughs> I, I, I kind of liked how they ended it. I'm not a huge fan of how they got there. Yeah, I think I that's think, a good way to I put it. W- I think what they did in the last episode was necessary. But, yeah, I, was, I think I was a little disappointed in how the whole season shaped up. But I, I do like how they finished it. I, I agree. I have no problem with where the characters end up. It's how they ended up there that's my issue. I think it was Rush and all that. Who's your favorite character? Like, if you, who's your, who, who do you, you know, who's your Game of Thrones person? So I really, over the seasons, really like Arya. Just yes. uh, her fight and her like secret and her like she's, she's honestly, a badass man. Badass, yeah, she's a badass. <laughs> yeah, we are a very pro Arya podcast. <laughs> We've talked a lot about Arya Stark on the show. Jack had a real problem with her sex scene, though. Yeah, it was a weird. It was just, <laughs> it was just weird. Yeah, that was that. That wasn't necessary. <laughs> it felt awkward. It was like yeah. she's our little girl. I mean, come on. <laughs> Nate, do you yeah. think it, do you think it's fair like to compare Jon Snow being wasted in uh, at the Night's Watch to Nick Pavetta being wasted in Triple A? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you can compare that. I think it's comparable. Can you, can you compare it? Is that really a comparison that we're going to make here today? Well, I just yeah. did. I just did, did. So yeah, yeah. In case you didn't know, Jack is a uh, fan of Nick Pavetta, Nate. Yeah, he's a he's a cool dude. He's a West, he's got a lot of stuff. He does have lots of stuff. Yeah, he does. Like, all right. So, uh, wh- what's the next step for you? Have, have you do you know where you're going to go play? You're going to rookie ball. Like, what's the next step for you? So, I uh, I have to report to Clearwater Spring Training on Saturday, and then from there I'll have to go through like all of the physicals and paperwork and everything, and then I believe I'll have like a mini camp for a couple of days, and then I'll figure out my assignments from there. So, I don't actually know where I'm going to be 
in a couple of weeks, but I have to go down to Clearwater first. All right, Nate, I have a very, 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 very important question for you. All right. When you're going to be in the Philly system, you know, you're going to be there. Are you going to be telling everyone about the High Ups podcast and how important it is to Philly's nation? Yes, very important, Nate. Absolutely. I mean, I, I should say that. What I'm talking about, man. Nate, yeah, this is this has been a, a joy, <laughs> man. I, I could talk to you every day, brother. <laughs> thank <you. laughs> Nate, seriously, man. Uh, thank you so much for coming on with us. We're super excited about it. Um, again, just like, you know, as, as huge Phillies fans, like when we actually get to see someone, we had Phil Gosselin on the pod. Like when people actually get the opportunity to live out their dream with their hometown team, uh, it's just one of the coolest stories in sports, and, and you actually get to be that. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you, and you'd think Mike Trout would have wanted to do that too, but just to, just don't just don't just don't go the Mike Trout route, okay, Nate? That's all. That's all we're asking yeah. here. Uh, yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. Oh, it was our pleasure, Nate. Nate Fosnot. That was pretty fun, man. It's a, it's a good tease right there. Ah, uh, what can I say? Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah. All right. Before we get to final, I do th- work in radio. Are we doing? Yeah, we're gonna start final thoughts. Um, let me look at my sheet here. Yes, I'm good with final thoughts. All right, before we get to the final thoughts, let's do uh, let's remind people about the ratings thing. Yes, please. So we we still have the Bryce Harper unreleased podcast that is the he is not ever coming here why would you ever get your hopes up the phillies always crush our hopes and dreams podcast um we decided that when we get to a thousand ratings we will release the bryce harper podcast we will release the podcast the long lost bryce harper podcast we're at 350 uh ratings a long way to go but uh, there will be a reward at the end there will be a reward we have to do this. Please do this for us. Do yeah. this for Jack. And I would like to, uh, I'll give my final thought first because my final thought actually related to ratings. Shout out to neighbor Dan. Neighbor Dan. Turns out my neighbor lives like two houses away from me, stops me on the street, is like, hey, are you James Seltzer? I'm like, yes. He's like, I love high hopes, man. Dude. I am such a big fan. He's like, I got my shirt in the house. I wish I were wearing it. I was like, well, I got to buy you a beer. Uh, shout out to neighbor Dan. Did, How cool is that? Did he move in knowing that you were two, two doors down? Probably not. That'd be weird. But I'm happy he's there. It was very cool. Like we were talking about the whole, you know, the, all the, the show and he's asking me questions. It was awesome. It was very cool to meet Neighbor Dan. And Neighbor Dan, nice enough to leave us a review, said I ran into James on the street. Turns out we're neighbors. Um, so I, I won't read the full review. Uh, you know what? I'm going to read the full review. I ran into James on the street today. Turns out we're neighbors, and he was nice enough to talk to me, so the least I could do is leave a review. My favorite Phillies podcast by far. I've been listening since episode one, which is... That's a long time ago. I mean, I don't think I've been listening since episode one. Um, And it's an immediate listen when it comes out Mondays and Thursdays. I can talk about how funny they are, how good the show is, but my favorite thing about them is how much they love baseball. I've listened to the Bryce Harper Signs podcast so many times. Let's get them to release the lost episode. Dan, it was awesome to meet you, man. Seriously, uh, it made my day. I called Jack immediately after. I was like, you're not going to believe it. But um, shout out to Neighbor Dan. And for leaving a review, please. That It makes us so happy. So please leave us a review. Yes. And there may be a, another. We got we to talk to someone about this. Yes. We maybe have some other potential. Like, just start the review thing now because when we get to certain milestones, it's not just the Lost Bryce Harbor podcast. We get some other potential cool things on the way based on these. We're ratings. basically a pyramid scheme. If I if we could <laughs> yeah. be honest, the the high we're hopes basically <laughs> just shilling for reviews. Okay, that's what we're doing. If here. you get to a certain level, yes. you can win a car. A <laughs> <laughs> pyramid scheme with no benefit to you, other than eventually you might get to listen to this podcast yes. and do something cool or whatever. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, final thoughts. 
Number one is please get Adam Hazley a new number. I do not want to see number 40 anymore. You might have to fight John Ritchie on this. I heard I this. It was egregious. Did he wear 40 with the Raiders or something? No, he couldn't. He wanted to. 40 is his favorite number. He is such a fan of He wore 48, but he is such a fan of number 40. Well, I would like my center fielder not to wear number 40. <laughs> I think he'd look good with number seven. Okay. I yeah. think seven would be a great number for him. Big seven guy. All right. And that was my, an important thing to, to mention. Yes. My <laughs> my final, final thought. <laughs> the, yeah. Mixed yeah. with an- Stop talking. Mixed with an, is it weird? Ooh, yes, yes, yes. So, I'm so excited about this. So in high school- uh, Oh, it's definitely weird. When yeah. Hunter Pence, you know, he hit the, the walk-off, it was not a home run, but it was a hit. Yes. And he said, good game, let's go eat. Of course, to Greg Murphy, I remember. To Greg Murphy, and we would like to recreate that. I would like to bring back Hunter Pence, who somehow has an OPS over 950. I don't know what is happening with Hunter Pence, but he's awesome. World Series pedigree, can still play the outfield, and is raking this year. I'm all in on bringing in Hunter Pence, if need be. Who would have ever thought we'd be saying, yeah. Because I I was so... I I mean, it looked like he was out of baseball, too. I know. It looked like he was cooked. And I was so frustrated when he was like hyping up the Giants, because I thought he did nothing here. Like, like, Oh, yeah. And then he goes out there and wins the World Series. And turns to a leader. D. All he did here was ground out of double plays. But, <laughs> and uh, D awkward and goofy looking. <laughs> I, it, so, two things. We had senior shirts, and on the back of our shirts, we could put whatever we wanted. Uh-huh. I put, let's go eat. <laughs> and my senior, my senior yearbook quote is, good game, let's go eat. <laughs> is that weird? little weird it's, it's like li- it's like a little bit this guy Here's likes the, the Phillies a little too yeah, much yeah exactly it's a little weird because it's like such a deep cut like it's a deep cut you gotta be watching the Phillies that night the walk off watch the interview after and then be so enamored with it that you bring it back again and again and again yeah I so yeah, if there's one thing about me that I think a lot of people are starting to learn is that I'm a big inside like I, <laughs> yeah, you think I, I, I go deep for, like, yes. it, you have to work to get yes. the, the, the jokes that jokes I and I'm like what i don't even get it it's good i need to work to understand some of the things i and said that's what we want you to do yeah. we don't have to work for so it. good game let's go eat is forever my senior yearbook quote that is really hilarious it's very on brand it's weird if only pavetta, on if, if, if only pavetta, pavetta was around <laughs> it would have been breakout pavetta it would have been hashtag brand new pavetta if you could have. well All this right. is actually brand new pavetta yeah i think we got a brand new pavetta yeah and we're going to see him again before we talk again on Monday. Saturday. Right? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's Thursday. It's not Monday. Yes. Man, I got real issues with this. Yeah, we all, all right. do. We all do. Everyone does. Thank you to Nate Fosnot for joining us. I still, I'm going to pick up my daughter from his cousin, which is so weird. And yeah, so he was awesome. like, he was like, wait, are you serious? I, I couldn't believe it. I was the one who was like, are you serious? To my nanny. I was like, Jess, are you serious? Is this a real thing? Like, I'm talking to him today. Pretty cool. Um, wait, last thing. Uh, Tyler Maylie versus Zach Eflin. The Phillies will rock Tyler Maylie. Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about the Red Series. <laughs> it's like, oh, all this other... We told you we had a lot to talk about. We did. Loaded I podcast. really... Who would have thought that we desperately need Zach Eflin back, but we desperately we do. need... I'm so happy he's back. Me too. I'm glad it's not a lingering issue. Hopefully, was was golfing this week. You know, I think with the, you can barely get out of bed. Yeah. You can, you're able to golf. I, I'm going to go with... Kapler wanted to use the opener so bad. He's like, Zach, just... Take a week off. Okay. Well, I would not like him to. Uh, I would not, not like them to make a, a habit of doing that. But Eflin yeah. uh, versus Lee, John, uh, Tyler Maylee stinks. I mean, like he 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 can throw a good fastball, but like they're gonna tee off. Yeah. Enough. The 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 real tough one's gonna be Sunday when they face Cy Young contender Luis Castillo. Well, they're not. They're facing Sunny Gray, so you don't have to worry Sunny about that. Sunny Gray on Saturday and Luis Castillo on Sunday. No, it no? looks like on this. It's Tanner Roark on Saturday 
And then really, Sonny, uh, listen, man, I'm not lying I here. Know. When I checked it yesterday, it had them as uh, if they face Luis Castillo, that's a big problem. I hope they don't face. Let's hope they don't face. Let's yes. go with they're not facing Luis Castillo because I prefer that. Yes, me too. Uh, Pavetta versus Roark, the biggest star of the century, and Sunny three baby. Sunny Gray versus Aaron Nola. Sunny Gray's been decent. Been he's, solid. He's starting to come back around. He could actually, if they wanted to, if the Reds fall out of this, Sunny Gray signed through next season. Oh, he's a perfect type of guy to trade for, theoretically. I would like to see them trade for him. Uh, if, the, if, if, if they sell him, I would be interested in seeing what they can get for Sonny Gray or what they how they could acquire Sonny Gray. Um, but two or I, three. Two or three. Take two or three. I think we need to put that on a shirt. We should. It's great. <laughs> it's all we say. It's, uh, our, but it's all I feel. Just take two or three. It's all I want. Every time, just take two or Because you don't want to say a sweep. No. You don't want to say one or three. No. Like It's the same thing as like Sixers and Six. Yes. Like It's always six games, no matter what. Take two or three. Right. Two or three. <laughs> We'll talk to you on Mondays for itself. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.